it for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Stephen Zim Zimmerman, and Vinny Parisi. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us at section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen! That ball hit deep. Way back. You can put it on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges close. Out. And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei. Yes. Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley, and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by Dwayne Wise. First pitch starts now. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of South Burbs Hitman. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined, as always, by my White Sox brothers in arms. I'm talking about Steven Zim Zimmerman and Vinny Parisi. Gentlemen, how you guys doing tonight? I'm going to go to you first, Vinny, because you're wearing a Blackhawks jersey, and we do have some news about that. Oh, and Vinny is frozen. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me now? Oh, he... Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you. Hell yeah. So everybody knows I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. They're my favorite team. I'm, that's my team. But I do appreciate the fact that now I can go see Connor Bedard half hour from where I live whenever I want. And he is a generational. I don't use that word loosely in any sport. I hate when people say it and they don't mean it. Like generational players are those guys who are just different. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning, um, Connor McDavid. Um, not, I'm very wishy-washy on who I say it about. And Connor Bedard does appear to be one of those guys. And Blackhawks, he's better coming out of both Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. It's not even really close. So Patrick Kane or Taves would never score 71 goals as a 17-year-old in their junior career. So, like, this is a game changer for Chicago sports in general. I think every franchise in Chicago will be slightly affected by this because when the Hawks are running the show, the other teams are going to say, well, how do we do that? So this is great news for the Chicago sports scene. It certainly is. We're excited about it. And uh, we have a bit of a resurgent White Sox team. And Zim, before I bring on our guest, I got to go to use them just for your thoughts on the last week of White Sox baseball because it's been an improvement. Yeah, it's been great. First off, that Connor Bedard news is amazing. I'm not even interested in hockey, and like all of a sudden, I want to watch the Blackhawks next season. I'm lucky enough to be near a division rival, so I get like four or five opportunities to go see him next year. I probably will take that opportunity. Um, as far as the Blackhawks, or the Blackhawks, as far as the White Sox go now. <laughs> Look, hey, all I'm saying is maybe Patrick Kane rethinks his whole like, no, I'm not going back to that place comments. So Yeah, he might. <laughs> um, you know, he said he needed to feel better about the team and the opportunity. All of a sudden, the team and the opportunity look a whole lot better. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now speaking of teams and opportunities that needed to look a whole lot better, the White Sox over the last week are a team who took an opportunity to look a whole lot better. I am so glad that we were wrong. I will be the first to admit that we were wrong last week, that I was a huge naysayer, just spread negativity everywhere. And I was wrong. And guys, I'm so happy to say I was wrong. It's, yeah. it's such <laughs> a relief to like actually see this team like do the things that we keep saying we want to see them do. They yeah. finally mm-hmm. overcame that hump. They took the opportunity in front of them and turned it into wins. Uh, we'll see how tonight's game goes. They're currently down four or three, but uh, there's still plenty of ball game left. There is, and you got to beat those division opponents. And I think we're seven games back as of the start of today. So any, this division stinks, as I said, and put on your socks earlier this year. But before we talk any more ball, we're going to bring in our guest. Uh, he is a sports anchor slash reporter at CBS4 WHBF in Rock Island, Illinois. Join me in welcoming Nick Cousin to the show. Nick, thanks for coming with us tonight, man. We, we really appreciate you coming on. Oh, it's great to be here. Big, big Sox fan from Chicago, so love, love talking about it. Yeah, man. And, you know, before we dive into the regular part of the show and talking through our segments and everything, we figured we'd just talk a little bit about you. I mean, you're obviously you're, you're, you're covering sports every day. You're, you're, you're being a reporter. Talk a little bit about your White Sox fandom firsthand. And then after you talk about your White Sox fandom, just kind of talk about, you know, your work and, and, and living and breathing sports. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm one of those uh, North Side uh, Sox fans, actually. Um, but my dad uh, works on the South Side in Alsip. So ever since I was a kid, uh, his his uh, his work had like season tickets. So I'd go every opportunity that I that I could get. And then when I was in fourth grade was the 05 World Series. So that kind of, you know, piqued, yeah. piqued, my, piqued my interest even more, even though it hasn't been great since then. Uh, overall, but I've still stuck stuck it out and, and and love the team and everything and go to go to games when I when I have a chance and it was kind of like going to games as a kid that kind of got me into wanting to be in, in the industry and um, I'm trying to get back to Chicago at some point. I'm still like I'm 27 and I'm like four years into working in the business, so I'm just kind of slowly working my way up, trying to get back there and uh, you know maybe be like a you know like Chuck Garfine talking to Ozzy in the post game or something like that. That's kind of like kind of the, the hope in the future uh, as far as kind of where I want to be at. So, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what's it like being the guy talking directly to these players sometimes or like, and I know obviously you're, you're doing a lot of stuff at the anchor desk, but like, you know, I went to school for broadcast journalism, didn't end up going into that career, but I kind of do it when, by doing this show, you know, so just talk a little bit about, you know, your passion for what you do and just kind of like the difference between, you know, covering a team, like, or covering a player or just covering a general area of sports as to just being a fan. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a little different, uh, you know, cause you, you get that access to talk to them. Um, I just try to, you know, try to be relatable. I mean, I, I found that was a lot easier. I, I talked to a lot of uh, college athletes, uh, university of Iowa uh, th- this year, cause we're only like an hour from Iowa city. So I've talked to a lot of Iowa athletes, um, and in my old job, I used to work in Fargo, so I talked to North Dakota State athletes all the time. Uh, so you just kind of like – I try to find like kind of a like common ground with them and it makes them a lot easier um, to talk. Like if they can see that you're relatable, they'll, they'll tell you more kind of that inside stuff and also kind of just like knowing the facts as well. Like if you if you know what you're talking about, they can kind of respect you on their level 
and uh, then they'll be more open to talk to you. So I, it's kind of just like kind of being on the younger end. That's kind of like the advantage that I found. Being 27 is like you know I'm only like three, four, five years uh, older than a, a lot of the athletes that I'm talking to, so they can see me as more relatable. Kind of understand them kind of coming up in the social media age and all that things how you know like how all that stuff's important and everything so i think that's just like the big way of finding that finding that level yeah for sure and before we dive into the segments zim or vinny i'll open it up for you guys if you have anything otherwise we can just dive into talking some white Sox baseball you got anything vin yeah before we get into that i just want to know nick who's your all-time favorite white Sox player all-time favorite Mark Burley. Love that nice. answer. Great wow. answer. That's not the yeah. answer I was expecting you to say because nor- normally people don't throw out a pitcher, but, man, I love that answer. Uh, his claw, best pitch ever. And the way – I mean, I would, I can only imagine nowadays like with the pitch clock how fast he actually would pitch because he already averaged like two-hour games when he was pitching. So, like, if yeah. you just imagine now with the pitch clock, like maybe that's like an hour. Maybe you just go to the stadium for like a – I don't know. But yeah, that'd be but yeah, the fact that he had a perfect game and a no hitter like all in my like childhood was just amazing to me. So I always thought he was the best player. And Kernerko would be a close to Paul Kernerko. Oh yeah. Yeah, Paulie. Follow follow up to Vinny, Nick. Is 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 Mark Burley a Hall of Famer to you? Uh I mean I would put him in as a White Sox fan, but I don't know if any a lot of the writers would agree based on how a lot of the, these other players are going in. So yeah, I don't know. But I mean if if Chicago media was voting, I, I for sure think he'd go in definitely. Yeah, I know we'd all love to see it, but hopefully hopefully someday. And if not, it's okay because Mark Burley always lives in our hearts, I think. So. Yes. Sure. Uh, Zim, what, uh, you got any? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm just I'm just shooting this one out to the, to the whole crew. What does it take to make the Hall of Fame? I mean, guys – Guy's got a whip under one and a half. He's got a career war of almost 60, over 200 wins. Like, how's that not good enough? I, I think it is. It's just yeah, it is, you yeah. got to be better than everyone out there, right? <laughs> well, I th- I've always said I think out of the four major sports, the MLB is just a tad bit too stingy for my liking. I'm a stingy Hall of Fame guy, but I think the MLB even takes it farther than me. And I think the NFL and the NBA are a little more – cumulative stats get you in like Phil Rivers and um, Eli Manning are probably going to be Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. Green and uh, Blake Griffin are likely going to be Hall of Famers in the NBA where like you know I probably sound like a hockey homer right now but I think the NHL is the closest to getting it right in terms of their average input into the Hall of Fame it's normally two or three guys a season and one builder and then one female hockey player. I think they probably get it the closest to being right, but not, it's not a perfect science at all. As a non-hockey fan, I would actually completely agree with you on that. I hate the fact that the NFL feels like they have a minimum amount of guys that like they have to put in every year. It's like it almost starts to make it feel a little watered down. You know, Not to say that the guys who are in there are great, but the fact that like Doug Pearson isn't in there, it's like how, how, how? Um, at any rate, that's a that's a totally irrelevant tangent. I was just curious, you know, what what you guys think it would take, and um, sure, I don't know. The fact that the MLB writers can't vote, they can can vote like usually more than one or two guys in, kind of makes me doubt the fact that Burley doesn't get it. Well, that's and then the fact valid that point. who was it? Was it was it Ken Griffey Jr. was one vote shy of a unanimous decision just because one guy decided he didn't want to make Ken Griffey Jr. the first unanimous decision, and it's like. 
but how is Derek Jeter that much better? Like, come on. He's not. Like we that's just Jr. played for the White Sox, though. We got that going. That's exactly it. Look, all I'm saying is that if Bartolo Colon makes the Hall of Fame, Mark Burley had triple the amount of career home runs as Bartolo Colon. So and Bartolo Colon probably played for every team in the major leagues. Step about. Yeah. At any rate, Bartolo days. That's about it. You remember when Bartolo played for the Sox, uh, Nick, and he just disappeared for like two months and they didn't know where he was? That was wild, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like yesterday sometimes. Uh, One last thing before we dive into the show. I just, we've been asking people about this. And since you're, you know, a White Sox fan, I'm just curious, like, what's your game day ritual? Like, do you have like a favorite thing in the park, like a favorite food item or something in the neighborhood by Bridgeport, by Sox over there? Uh, Well, when I was a kid, I loved the Dippin' Dots. That was always my go to. There you go. Um, when I was a kid, um, and I also liked getting the, the getting the curly fries. That there was, you go. Those are my those are my two things. But my dad likes getting the uh, the, the mustard, the the special mustard with the brat and all, all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, the brown mustard. Yep. So yeah, he loves that. So I, now I get that with him now that I'm a little bit older. Yeah. There you go. Now that your palate has evolved. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's fun stuff there, man. Well, let's dive in and talk about this White Sox team because last week, Nick, on the show, we were kind of down in the dumps. I I was calling for Luis Robert to be cut last week. I was a little overreacting. Um, (laughs) And he kind of showed me by putting up an amazing week of numbers, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But there's there were some injuries this week and we're getting some guys back so it's like the best of both well not best of both worlds but at least since we lost two guys we're going to be getting two back injuries to jake berger who had an oblique strain went on the il and unfortunately i think it was yesterday we found out aloy jimenez had an emergency appendectomy this guy cannot catch a break um first off what are your thoughts on that nick because I don't even know what to say about Eloy anymore. Uh, I I mean, it's like you had him play DH this year, so he wouldn't get hurt in the field, right? Because he had the 2021 injury where he injured himself in spring training, going for the home run, and then 2022 gets hurt running the base pass. So you think like DH, you know, he has less less risk. There's less risk of him getting injured, and then something just a freak freak injury like this. It's just like I don't know, like. It's just, yeah, there's like no words really to describe that. It's just unfortunate all around. I mean, he's he's a big power bat in the lineup, and and he was just on an eight-game hit streak as well before he went out, had a big series against the Twins with the two home runs and seven RBI. So it's, yeah. a, it's a big, big bat, big, big loss, like it is every year when, you know. Yeah, and dude, like you said, he was raking. He hit, he, he hit 500 last week. Uh with seven ribbies, five runs, and two homers. I mean, just unbelievable. Vinny, how does this White Sox team find a way to to get by over the next four to six weeks? I mean, what do we even – how does that How does that even happen? <laughs> well, 21, outside of the record, you just got to find a way to get by and take it game by game. You know, certain people need to step up. You need Luis Robert to stay healthy now. Like, if he goes down, they're in big trouble. Tim Anderson, same thing. Um, Andrew Vaughn, hopefully he could keep breaking. Gavin Sheets, while we're speaking, tied the game. So the game is tied, and, you know, you need guys like that to step up, and you got to take it game by game. You can't can't look to uh, just 
try to win every, like go 10 in a row that's not that shouldn't be the mindset the mindset should be to string wins to get string series wins together and because you know sometimes got teams will go on like a 10 game winning streak and then they'll lose five in a row after that ends because they come down from it i would much rather see the white Sox win 10 series in a row than 10 and just be yeah. consistent start doubling up on your wins and you could find yourself right back in the mix where they we've seen them do it before i think the fact that eloy didn't go down with a baseball related injury didn't really kill any vibes i think that is like a big thing for the team um it's not like he was rolling around on the first baseline or in the outfield or anything like that making everybody feel sorry for him he went down with a non baseball related illness almost and you know that doesn't really lower the morale of the team they didn't they didn't hang his jersey in the dugout like he was dead like they did in 2021 <laughs> so I'm like I'm thinking about it just in a little bit more of a positive light because of that fact. So hopefully they're able to weather the storm and Benintendi can keep hitting and you know get the production from the guys you need. Pitching obviously point. it's gotten a little better, but they still have the third worst ERA in the American League. So hopefully they're able to just kind of get by a little bit. Yeah, getting by I think is the story of this White Sox team so far. I mean, reinforcements are on the way, but. You know, we also lost Jake Berger and Zim. This is a guy you and I have been talking about a lot. He was, I believe, your pick to click last week, and then he got banged up. Uh, just update there. Jake spoke to the media, I think it was yesterday or the day before, saying that he thinks he's progressing a little bit better than originally the 10-day IL. So uh, sounds like per perhaps he could be returning early. Uh, with the return of Mankata, Zim, I'm just curious how you think Jake fits in on this team. I mean, I still think there's plenty of room for him. It's just a matter of where you go with him. Um, when you look at the rest of the roster, uh, I think as as much as Pedro Grufal might not like it, uh, Hansar Alberto's got to be the odd man out because he's the least productive of the group. Big or day on Sunday. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, he did have a very good game, but I mean, that's the only one he's had all year. Um, yeah, other than that, three. You send the guy exactly. You send the guy back down who you brought up when the injury happened, which was Lennon Sosa. Um, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how they're going to juggle all these roster spots, considering that last week they made 11 in one day. Um, they've already amended one of them at this point by bringing Joe Kelly back onto the roster. Um, another one wound up being a one for one switch with Lennon and Berger swapping places as they got healthy and hurt at the same time or yeah no sorry they brought him up regardless there's a lot of things to figure out with this team and i think sosa is probably the odd man out right now as much as we would have liked to see him be the guy at the beginning of the year yeah uh but he's he jake Berger has been doing too much for this team for you to even i think consider leaving him down at triple a after he's healthy again you have to make a spot for him. As great as Gavin Sheets has been in his absence, you can't count on Gavin Sheets to keep doing that. Yeah, no, you're right. And PZ in the chat says hands are equals Larry effect. I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah, he'll be um, terrible for six weeks at a time and then have a great week. And he and he and he's got the manager by the arm, just kind of like uh, like Larry did last year, but well, not more than last year, just to get that contract. But he's laughing all the way to the bank. But on the positive side of things, we are getting some reinforcements, Nick. Uh, great news, of course, about Liam Hendricks. Uh, he started his, his rehab assignment. Same thing with Yoan Mankata. Um, for as, as bad as it is to lose a guy, guys like Eloy and Berger for a hot minute, 
Nick, tell us about the shot in the arm the Sox are going to get from Mankata and Hendricks returning to the lineup. I mean, Hendricks is going to be huge for the bullpen. The bullpen is disastrous, as usually is. I think that's a good good word to use. Good word. Um, and Aaron Bummer, of course, being a bummer. Um, yeah. It's like over 8, eight ERA. And then I, I wrote down some other things. Uh, Grieveman over 4, Kelly over 5, Lambert over 5, Lopez over 8. You already designated Jose Ruiz for an assignment earlier in the season, and you only had two two other guys, sub-three ERAs, which are Kenny Milton, Gregory Santos, who are new to the roster this year. Yeah. So I wouldn't have been able to bet that at the start yeah, of the year. Exactly. Sure. So all the veteran guys you brought in are like who you were like to, trying to depend on without Hendricks there are all just struggling right now. And so that's always a, a big problem, but – Mankata always, you know, he's always proven himself defensively, so it would be big defensively. Obviously, last year he had a down year at the plate, but, you know, so we'll see how he does at the plate this year. So, but I mean, it's always helpful uh, in, the, in the field um, to have Mankata. He's, he's a great third baseman defensively. Yeah, and he had a great start to the World Baseball Classic in the offseason, yeah. you know, and, and unfortunately uh, he got a little banged up here. But it's all we can do at this point um, and just kind of wait and see how he does behind the plate, and especially while Jake Berger's gone. Well, he might they might come back around the same time. I guess we'll see what happens there. Uh, but, but Vinny, we like to talk about the manager and get some, give him some constructive feedback or give him some praise. I can't remember, though. What do we call that segment? We call that segment Pedro's Pen. Yep, it's, the, it's that part of the show where we talk about the week that was and the job that the manager did in his bullpen. And I will say, in my opinion, this is the best week we've seen out of Pedro Ogrefal. Um It started all off last a week ago, well, a little bit more than a week ago, when the when Luis Robert dogged it going to first. He benched him for that game. He benched him the next day, and and they got it done. Adam Hazley came in. He won that game almost single-handedly. I mean, he went, I think, four for four, and he got on base five times. Unbelievable. And after that, you know, it kind of lit a fire under this team. They had that big comeback win. It gave us a lot of momentum. The bullpen management this week has been a lot better, in my opinion. Uh, great for the most part. I don't want to say perfect because there's no such thing. But uh, the week that was, Vinny, just curious what you think about Pedro's performance this week. Yeah, I thought, you know, it was always hard for everyone during the 10-game winning or 10-game losing streak. Man, 10-game winning streak. I know I said I would rather 10 series in a row, but I still would sign up for a 10-game winning streak at the end of the day. Um, yeah, it's hard to handle that. You're going to take criticisms. There's going to be mistakes. Everybody's gripping the bat a little bit harder. Everybody's, you know, just a little less loose than they normally would be. I think if that situation has to happen, it was handled okay. Um, but you know, again, injuries are going to keep piling up on Pedro Grafal. Um, I'm a lot less out on the whole thing than I was even the last time I was on the show. You yeah. know, they've won five of their last seven games and you know, they're tied right now trying to make it six. Um, I just, I think that the lineups have been a little bit better. I, I feel like there are less boneheaded decisions made 
lately, especially now that they got Deekman out of there. They got Ruiz out of there. Two of the guys who were just consistently awful. And they were different than like Bummer kind of awful. There's a lot of bad luck associated with Bummer's awful because of the fact, you know, sometimes you need really good defense behind Bummer's type of pitching. And the White Sox obviously don't have that. Ruiz and Deekman were just bad. And, you know, you could have put every elite defender, every gold glove winner in the history of the league behind them, and they would have stunk when they were on the mound. So, um, um, lately, my, I did have one issue. We've seen this Middleton and this Santos be two of their best relievers and bummer, too. Why is the A bullpen team pitching when it's seventeen to four? I just th- that would be the time I would use some of the guys who were struggling to kind of yeah. try and get them in. I just that was kind of weird to me. But other than stuff like that, like I, I can't really say I have many complaints over the last week or so. Yeah, it feels feels pretty good for the most part. Uh, Zin, did you have any major complaints from from what you've seen from Pedro? Or are you feeling pretty good? No real complaints. I'm I'm trying to look up a particular lineup that they threw out there. Um, shortly after the incident with Luis Robert occurred, um, mm-hmm. I can't find it off the off the top of my head at a, at a glance. But basically, they they trotted all the backups out for a day. They basically said, "Fine, the guys in the lineup don't want to play." Sit down. It was the Sunday lineup when they came back. It was. Yeah. I was there. Adam Hazley, yeah. Gavin Sheets, uh, Romy Gonzalez, uh, Lennon Sosa got a start. I mean, that's, that's when uh, Romy Gonzalez dropped that fly ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, that game, they trotted out, you know, the backup team and they said, fine. We'll let guys who want to play go get their reps. And those guys played their asses off and kind of sparked this whole thing. Um, so it was, it was pretty cool to see. Uh, it's nice to see Pedro, despite looking like a rookie manager a lot this season, using some of those basic veteran tactics that seem to work. You know, yeah. I don't know if you guys play Madden or the show or anything, but you, you ever play in like your diamond dynasty or your ultimate team and your players don't play so good. So you bench them. And all of a sudden, it just feels like they play better, even though it's a video game. Like in your head, you're like, screw these guys. They're not getting you're the plays. The fire, I'll take baby. care of it with somebody else. That's right. You know, it's the most basic trick in the book, but it seemed like it worked. So props yeah. to him for that. Yeah, props to Pedro for sure. And Nick, before we get out of this segment, you know, not necessarily the last week. I'm just curious your overall thoughts on Pedro this season. Obviously, he made a better case for himself this last week, but. Uh, it's been an interesting start to the year. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just growing pains. Like we're only it's like a month or a little more than a month into the season, so I think we're still just getting used to each other. I think you know you maybe just try to lean on those veteran players a little more. Like I like what Elvis Andrews said. I don't know if you saw his interview on the uh, podcast for NBC Sports Chicago, but he was talking about just kind of being that veteran there on the team, and like he's talking to a lot of the you know, Luis Roberts on the teams and the younger guys on the team about just kind of staying the course and it'll get better and those kinds of things. Like we're only a month and a couple weeks into the season. So we just got to stick with it. So I think it's just kind of, he's getting used to the roster and the players are getting used to him. I think eventually something, something's going to have to click. I feel like so. Yeah. Something, something's got to give. And 
it kind of feels like that turning point was last Sunday and this team, they, they seem like a different beast. So I'm hoping that that's all it took is a little fire. Hopefully we can do make some work, win a series again against the Royals. Um, just, I mean, the Royals are bad. <laughs> we have to beat the Royals if we want to win this, come close to this division. So if we don't, I said earlier today, if they don't take two out of three, this is a failure of a series. So hopefully they don't make me eat my words. Maybe they can do a sweep if they can pull back this comeback. Tide's tied still. Dylan C spent a little shaky lately. I'm a little worried about Dylan. Um, and again, it's shaky for, to be that good all the time. I know every I know. single year he's and had three say, great years in a row. And when I say shaky, it's just compared to his track record. You know, just right. his command hasn't been exactly what it was the last couple of years. It could totally get there, and he's good enough and- to win. That's why it's a positive, like not a positive, but it's not panic button worthy, Joe. You nailed it. It's command. It's not the stuff doesn't stink. It's the command of the stuff. And that's always something that could be worked on easier than if, if your stuff's terrible, then you have a problem. You got to work out that, that takes you know a long time to overcome. You, you can have your command on or off any day. And the fact that this is the tough Dylan sees, he's been the White Sox second best pitcher. So, you know. Hopefully it's able to be cleaned up. Well, yeah. Although okay. bummer, just bummered. So, oh god, what did I miss? What happened, Vin? Did, um, oh no! Michael Morrissey singles and Edward Olivares scored, so the Royals are now on top, five to four. <sighs> I feel like this is like every game. I um, I'm, I don't even have it on, and I can feel the anxiety already. Yeah. Like that's Bummer part of is the king of allowing runs that don't get charged to him, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that is... goes that goes to the bad luck portion of things too. This is very true, and you know I think it's safe to say that Aaron Bummer has been a bit of a dud this year. But let's dive into this week's Adam Dud of the week. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid. Lousy. No excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. Yeah, so this is the part of the show is where we rag on the guys that were absolutely horrible last week, or if there's one guy that particularly stands out to you statistics-wise. Um, so we always let our guests go first, Nick. So just, you know, it doesn't have to have – you don't have to have the stats in front of you. We're just curious if there's one player this past week that really for you uh, just kind of like, man, that guy stunk. Oh, it was Hanser Alberto until this, these last two games uh, when he hit the home runs uh, in in the Red Series because he, he wasn't really doing much. Uh, and then Gavin Sheets as well. And then he, he had that big home run on yesterday's 17-run game. So yeah, th- those two really, but they kind of showed up a little bit uh, in these last couple of games, but they were pretty bad up until this point. Yeah, yeah. Alberto had a <clears throat> bit of a rough go and – it may not get much easier for him, but uh, he made up for it on Sunday, at least for the time being. So good, good choice there. Uh, Zim, who do you have for your dud of the week? Eloy's appendix. That's my <laughs> dud of the week. Took took out a guy who was really starting to finally swing it. You know, he had two big bombs this week in, in big moments, too. And for his appendix just to go out the way that it did really, really let the whole team down. You know, they were really counting on that appendix to hold up through the entire season, at least until the all-star break and, uh, you know, start feeling that pain, go a little septic. You got to get the guy into surgery. So. 
Yep, he's in recovery mode, so we'll see what happens there. You uh, know, and I, I initially texted you guys four to six or six to eight weeks. It looks like it's actually only four to six. And, you know, depending on how quickly he heals, he could be even faster. Help Bryce Harper be out there by the end of the week. So we'll see how Eloy can do. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. There was, I think it was Zach Wilson in his rookie year had an appendix burst like at the beginning of the season. And then he was out, I think, like six weeks in football. So, Factor that in, you're probably looking at four weeks in baseball, maybe, but you have to swing, which is tough mechanic. So we'll see. We'll see. It's scary stuff. Uh, Vin, curious from you who you got for a dud of the week. Yeah, I'm going to give it to. I just, he gave up four runs on six hits. He had a walk. I mean, he just, um, you know, every single time he pitches. So. Avengers getting the start. I get a little worried that, you know, because there are a couple games where he's hasn't given up very many runs, but you're like hits. Like he just kind of seems like he was a bit fortunate that some of those real quick hits Vin, didn't come beginning, at the beginning of that. You broke up a little bit. I couldn't tell who you said. I'm sorry. Oh, Can you hear sorry. me now? Well, well, Yes, we can hear you now. It's like the Verizon commercial. <clears throat> yeah. I, I Just because it seems like every time he pitches, he gives up a couple or, you know, a couple runs usually, but it always seems like there's six or more hits against every single time. <laughs> you guys are all smirking. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Because you have no idea broke up who I'm talking same, about. <laughs> you, you broke up at the same exact part where you said the name and everything yeah, else it, came it broke up twice in a row when you were trying to say the guy's name. Michael Clevenger. Yeah. Long-haired, <laughs> long-haired, weird delivery-looking dude. That guy. Michael Take context, please, guys. <laughs> I got he there. Just, he gives up a thousand hits every game. And there are sometimes where he was fortunate where he didn't give up any runs. And, uh, you know, it made me worried. Like that's not really sustainable while we've seen sustainable. His ERA is creeping closer to five. He gave up four runs in his last start. I like the seven strikeouts. That's always nice, but he just can't stop giving up like a parade of hits. It seems like, so I'm going to give him the nod as my dud of the week. It's yeah. it's funny, Vinny, because it's the same things that I was applauding him for earlier in the season that are now leading him to land on our dud list where, you know, it seems like he gets into trouble and then he works his way out. But all of a sudden he's not working his way out. So, yeah, I mean, but considering the amount of base runners he had this week over 11 innings, he did. All, I mean, he didn't do great, that's but fair. he could have done a lot worse. That's fair. Um, so that's just something I, I wanted to point out, point out. Um, and PZ in the chat says, why does Pedro insist on using bummer in high leverage situations? Um, I don't know. I have I the answer. Think we, why is it? What's the answer? He's, he wants a left-hander in these situations, but Garrett Crochet is still on the IL. That's yeah, exactly he comes right. back soon. Um, this is Garrett Crochet's situation to be in, but right now bummer's the next best thing. And he's so far from what Garrett Crochet was doing and that's why he used Deekman too much too everyone got on Grafal for using Deekman which I get it I've done it too you go look at my tweets I've done it but at the same time you in retrospect it's like he is a lefty he is a former good lefty bullpen arm when Deekman earlier in his career was a reliable reliever that was mm-hmm. put in high leverage situations on other teams but you know it just wasn't working anymore so and the same thing with Bummer 
I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I honestly, it sucks that bummer is this bad. To be honest. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the there's the end is near for his yeah. time on this roster. I see. That's that's how um, these middle relievers are late in their career. They they don't really approach the end. They just fall off the cliff, and that's it. Yeah, he's he's off the cliff. All right. Um, but there are, there are three other guys that had really bad weeks that I do want to spotlight. Uh, my pick is Andrew Vaughn for the dud of the week. Uh, he was brutal this week. Uh, he had that one home run, and that was pretty much it. He four for 22, buck 82 with a home run, three ribbies, two runs, four walks, and six strikeouts. Uh, a lot of striking striking out with guys on base. Um, Andrew's been a bit of a roller coaster this year. It's kind of perplexing to me to kind of see how he does it week after week. Um, I just want that consistency out of his bat that he had last year when he did get the opportunities. Um, so that's been frustrating for me. Another guy is the other Andrew, Andrew Benatendi, four for 21, 190, only two ribbies, only two runs, only two walks. Uh, this is a guy who, again, has been pretty solid for most of the year. And considering how good of a week we had that he had a down week, I mean, I guess that's that's a plus that we still won a bunch of games. But uh, you would think, oh no, the Sox game is getting out of hand now, guys. This is bad. It's nine to four now. Ugh. <clears throat> They're imploding as we speak. Um, so what are we in the sixth? It's going to be a rough one, boys. But uh, hopefully, Andrew Benatendi yeah. can score five runs by himself. But <clears throat> I don't see that happening. And uh, as you pointed out earlier, Nick Reynaldo Lopez has been awful uh, the past week. He Two and a third, four earned runs, three hits, two walks. I mean, the just is not not getting it done at all. So it's been a bit of a struggle, this bullpen to say the least. And it looks like that's not changing tonight. You think that with Dylan Cease on the mound, we'd be able to do something against the Royals, but that's just not happening today. We're not winning games with Dylan on the mound this year, guys. I mean, the first two starts we won, and then after that, I think the next three starts we have either lost or no decision for him. So I didn't look at the stats there. I'm just going off memory. So that's, that's frustrating, but on the opposite side of things, Nick, we do a segment called put it on the board where we highlight guys uh, that had a great week. So let's dive into that segment and talk about all the good things while this team is tanking at the moment. So here's something good to talk about. That's right. We were talking about the put it on the board player of the week, someone that just tore it up and had a really impressive day at the uh, week at the office. So, so Nick, who's who's a player that stood out for you the past week on our White Sox? I wouldn't say that last week, but Luis Robert. I mean, he's hitting five twenty six uh, these last six games. I would have put Eloy too, but he's injured now. Uh, but those two have kind of found the groove at the plate, and I think it's going to be big. Uh, also, um, just having Tim Tim Anderson back too as well. I think that's going to be that's going to be big. I mean, he hasn't yeah. done anything yet, but I think. But when he's always in the lineup, the Sox seem to, to do a lot better. So, yeah, they're they're much better without him. Vinny wrote an article last week, or with him, not without him. Sorry, they're just a different team without Tim Anderson in the lineup. So I, I agree with you. And Luis had a big week. Uh, it seems like he he took that criticism well. Um, the fire under his ass really really helped him get going. And he had the five ribbies. You know, the two home runs were impressive. He's actually got three walks, which for Luis, that's a pretty darn good week because he likes to swing at everything out of the zone. 
uh, and he's scoring three runs. He didn't didn't steal a base this week, which I'm not surprised given the tender hamstring. But a great week out of Luis. Uh, happy to see him responding to criticism so well. Uh, it's a thing of the past now, and hopefully he builds off of it. Uh, Zim, who is your put it on the board player of the week? Mine is a guy who started to come on and then got injured and then went on a paternity leave and is now back with the team, but it is Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly over the last week is at two and a third with no hits, no earned runs, no walks, and six strikeouts. Yeah, that's nasty stuff. That's pretty good. If you take it back even further, though, over his last four appearances, this is going all the way back to April 8th, right? So this is his last appearance before his injury stint and then his last three since coming off of it. He's had a total of four innings pitched, one earned run, and it was a a solo home run, which every pitcher is going to give some of those up. That's just the nature of the game. Uh, Let's see, eight strikeouts and only two hits allowed. That's just bananas going back. Like I said it right after that outing and I'm riding with it. Joe Kelly is back. We got pouty face Joe back and it's exactly what this team needs in the bullpen. And when crochet comes back and Hendricks comes back and you can, you can just look at the team and say, guys, I need you to get us into the seventh inning with a lead and we win. That's it. Yep. You don't have to play nine guys. You only have to play seven. Because <laughs> you throw crochet, you throw Kelly, you throw Hendricks, you're home. <laughs> well, everybody's been ragging on Rick Hahn the last, like, well, all offseason, but the last two weeks specifically, and how Joe Kelly was a horrible signing. He wasn't healthy last year to start the year. I think we all Not know that. All. He he didn't, he wasn't healthy, and he they, they're, they're treating him the right way this time around. They're giving him those opportunities. Um, so for me, it's kind of refreshing to see, okay, a healthy Joe Kelly is dominant. So I'm not going to judge the signing just yet, but uh, I'm liking what I've seen the last, like you said, couple of peer, four appearances and uh, the bullpen needs that in the back end. That is for sure. So good pick with Joe Kelly there. Yeah. Considering uh, Vinny, the bullpen just gave up eight runs in an inning. <laughs> yeah. Well, we scored what was was thirteen in an inning or whatever yesterday, and then today we give up nine in an inning or whatever it was. So brutal stuff. But Vinny, who is your put it on the board player of the week? Yeah, I'm gonna go with someone I'm kind of excited about. I know he's been in the news, and I know we'll touch on it at the end of the show. But Lucas Giolito, seven innings pitch, two hits, one earned run, three walks, and seven strikeouts. I mean. Just outstanding stuff from Giolito, and he has had a really good start to the year. He's the only White Sox starter with an ERA under four, and oh, which that, is wild. Bad. And you know he he was awful last year, but while he was awful last year, stay in this mindset last year. But while he was awful last year, I I remembered. Okay, he's awful. He stinks. Horrible. Over five ERA. Not the Giolito we know. Muscles. Whatever. Whatever the excuse is. He's awful. But 2019, 2020, and 2021, he was a top 10 starter in the American League. And I'm allowed to say that because he came in 11th for the Cy Young in Mm -hmm. 2021, but one of the people that finished ahead of him was Liam Hendricks. So I'm allowed to claim that he was a top 10 starter in the American League in 2021. So... You know, guaranteed and, rate commercial will never let us forget. 
Exactly. 2018, worst pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm happy we don't have to hear that anymore. Although we do see uh, the St. Xavier commercial. Hey, guys, it's Colleen. Welcome to St. Xavier. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you know, some commercials just play over and over again in your head. But, yeah, yeah Giolito, really good start to this season. He's had one bad start. You eliminate the Pirates start. I'm assuming his ERA is probably closer to three than four. Um, he's still under four, but it's closer to four than three. It's probably because of that one horrific start against the Pirates. And it was the second start of the season. So, you know, it kind of fed the narrative that he stinks, kept it going into this year. But I've really liked what we've seen from Giolito lately, and I hope he's able to keep it continuing because, if anything, he's a good dude. And if the White Sox are going to trade him, I hope he goes to a good team that will appreciate him and use him the right way. So that's where I'm at on Giolito. Yeah, it's divisions within striking distance, and we'll talk more about that later. But uh, we got to beat teams like the Royals if we want to win the division, that's for sure. But uh, my putter on the board player of the week has been talked a lot, a lot about this this week. He had an appendectomy. Eloy Jimenez was just unbelievable before he had the surgery. Uh, he had 500 over 22 at-bats, seven RBI, five runs scored, two big home runs. It seems like every time this guy gets hot, something happens with him. I don't know what his deal is. It's just like the baseball gods just want to slow him down a little bit. But um, hopefully he gets a speedy recovery. But I was just really impressed with a lot of the at-bats I saw to Eloy this week. He has just been the player we we know he can be. Like like the last half of last year. Well, when he came back. Like the last part of the season. So... Something like this will drive up his trade value, but hopefully we don't have to use it. Hopefully we can stick with him for now. But it's just it's just scary to talk about Eloy getting hurt again, and this time it's got nothing to do with baseball. So feel for the guy. I really do because he brings a certain energy, and I'm sure he'll still probably be around the clubhouse a little bit during recovery. I, I would hope so because Tim was. Tim was hanging out with the team while he was you know, coming back. So a lot of good performances this week, guys. It's kind of hard to cherry pick when you you win whatever two straight series when you haven't won a bunch all year. Actually, they won three straight series, right? They beat, yeah, no, I don't know, two straight series. Yeah, two straight series. Yeah, okay. Anyway, let's dive into talking about the upcoming matchup uh, of of games this week. This White Sox team. We thought they were getting a cakewalk with the Royals, but it's it's blown up even further. It's now twelve to four. It's I'm glad I'm not watching it. I'm getting the updates on my phone over here, and I'm just like <laughs> living in regret. But let's take a look at the rest of the games coming up this week uh, in a segment we call White Sox Weekly. Yeah, so. <laughs> It's it's going to be a long week if we can't beat the Royals, but we have four, well, three more against the Royals after tonight. No off days this week. Uh, and then you get three at home against the Astros. Um, the Astros that were, I don't want to say that they're an amazing team at the moment, but they're certainly better than they were to start the year. Jordan Alvarez is just terrorizing the baseball. Jose Abreu still hasn't really woken up yet, but it will be his return the guaranteed rate field. So that'll be something you got to watch on TV. Um, but let's break down whatever pitching matchups are out there at the moment. So, really quick, Joe. Still zero home runs for Jose Abreu on the season? 
I believe it is zero home runs. Yeah, because we would have seen that all over Twitter had he hit one, so I'm fairly certain. I haven't watched every Astro game, of course. What do you guys think? On a goose egg. You, you think he gets booed or cheered? And as yeah, that's what I was about to say, because I saw like, Wilson Contreras got booed by the Cubs fans, but that's a different situation with him being on the Cardinals. But... He, he, he went to the Cardinals. Yeah. And then he was kind of a D-hole in his interviews about the Cubs during spring training this year. Yeah. Jose Abreu has really only had nice things to say about the White Sox. And he he didn't go to the White Sox version of the Cardinals because the White Sox don't have a version of the Cardinals. And yeah. um, he did go to the Astros, though, who are like the team that beat the White Sox in the playoffs and they the team the White Sox beat in the World Series. But I... I I think he gets a standing ovation and then every couple years. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, he did I, a lot for this organization. So yeah, if yeah, you're organization, you have to cheer him for cheer for him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he did a lot for the organization, but what he didn't do is is win a championship. What he didn't do is build a winning culture. What he didn't do is carry this team anywhere. Well, you the, know, he, he had to get a lot of talent around him before he finally won with this team. The, the interesting thing for me is that he never told his teammates that he was signing with the Astros and they found out through like the media, which for me is just weird because apparently he had the, this close relationship with these guys. Yeah, I mean, he was the was he the big reason why like Yohan came and like all that and like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, so that, that yeah, that's 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 kind of bad to hear that. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be a mixed bag. Uh, I mean, I would I would applaud him, but it's you know, and, and he's on the Astros. People hate the Astros still for the garbage can gate, but um, <laughs> it's it's a lot to it's a lot to process for White Sox fans. And I just checked, Vinny. You are correct. He still has no home runs. Uh, this point of the season, Jose Abreu is hitting two twenty four with nine runs scored and thirteen RBIs without a single home run. I'm betting a hundred on a home run, anytime home run hitter, every single game at guaranteed Rayfield. I will be stunned if he doesn't hit a home run at guaranteed Rayfield. He will. He'll hit one into the bullpen and it actually it might even go on the left field concourse. He might break Joe Bortrud's record for home run distance. I think it was four ninety, so it might end up on the Dan Ryan but I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> but anyway, taking a look at the upcoming week, uh, tomorrow you get you got our buddy Lucas Giolito going up against Jordan Lyles. Um, it, it looks like they're going to get destroyed this game, so that's becoming a game that's becoming more important because they will be 12 games under 500 again if they cannot come back from this massive deficit today. I don't want to count them out because every time I go one way or the other, uh, the other team comes back. Like the, the, the Josh Naylor game last year, Nick, we were on air during the show where uh, whatever they were up by – what was it, six in like the eighth or something? And I said the game was over or whatever. And then, you know, that game happened and it became a comedy of errors. So I, I try not to put too much judgment out there too early. Uh, then going into Wednesday, Lance Lynn, who look at his ERA, 6.86. Frankly, has not been good this year. Probably one of the biggest disappointments on this team. Uh, he had that no hitter going into the seventh a couple of weeks ago. And just couldn't get out of it. Brad Keller has been a surprise for the Royals. I don't think anyone expected his ERA to be below five. I sure didn't. And then our favorite guy closing out the series, Mike Clevenger. Um, started off the season stellar. Has not been as great lately. 
especially walking guys and just giving up a lot of hits. Uh, Brady Singer, though, has not been very good at all for the Royals, nor have really any of their pitchers. But uh, if there's a day for us to score 20 runs, it might be on Thursday afternoon. So hopefully that's the case. Uh, getting into the rest of the series, uh, obviously there's no matchups officially announced for the series against uh, the Astros, but it will be at the guaranteed rate. And you know if Dylan Cease is going today, uh, that means he'll likely be throwing on Sunday probably against the Astros. So um, going to be a fun series. I know everyone is looking forward to seeing Jose Abreu back home again, but it's going to be really, really weird sight to see. I know I, for one, am not mentally prepared for it. It was weird on opening day, but it's going to be even weirder you know, at the home stadium because it's just – just different, man. It hits you right in the feels. I know Andrew Vaughn will probably have a weird, conflicted day as well, especially because he's had a similar start of the season to Jose Abreu. Although Andrew Vaughn does have a home run, so <laughs> we can at least say that. But uh, Nick, we do just like they do on the pregame show. We we do our picks to click for the week. Well, we figure out who's gonna, you know, hopefully predict the future on who's gonna have a great week. So let's dive into this week's pick. The click. All right. We always let our guests go first. And we do track this, Nick. We put out a poll every single week uh, on Sunday to let the, the viewers and listeners pick the winner, although they made a baffling choice this week. Vinny happened to win pick the click because the voters put Andrew Vaughn on the top of the hill. And of course we talked about him as a dud earlier, but um, we're going to let you go first because you are our established guest and we'll, and you'll be included on the poll when it goes out on Sunday. I'll, I'll stick with what, what's going on right now. I'll pick uh, Robert. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I, I, I was going to tell you after last week, nobody picked him because he, you know, he dogged yeah. it the week before. Obvious choice, choice to, not, to not pick last week. Yeah. I wish I did. <laughs> Even then I probably still would have lost to Andrew Vaughn because the, whatever reason the people are feeling him this week, but that's all good. So I love that pick. All right. Uh, Vinny, since you were last week's winner, you get to go next, my friend. Yeah, I have no idea why I won, and if you wanted to completely disobey the poll, I would totally understand. Like, the poll is supposed to be realistic. Like, if it's a close vote, and then, you know, maybe we should change up the way we do that. Like, if there's a close, obvious, like, top two guys, maybe we could run a poll, because that is BS. I was also thinking about, like, not attaching our names to it. Not that I'm anything other than the most hated person on this podcast, and I don't think anybody would vote for me just because of my name, but... They did this. I don't week. know. It, it was just weird. I couldn't believe it. And so I'm sorry. Um, it's good, man. We'll let the people decide. It's all good. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Um, Andrew Vaughn was stinky. Um, so I'm going to, I'm not going to pick Eloy because he won't be there, even though that'd be nice. Um, you could. You could if you want. <laughs> no, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with a starter. I haven't done that in a while. I'm going to actually take Lucas Giolito and hope that he could keep the good, the good times going and, Give me a good pitching performance and throw me a chance to win again. Actually, this time. Yeah, legitimately. No, it's all good. You won legitimately because the people voted for you. So you're right. Maybe next week I won't put the names. I did it this week, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool. And then I'm like, you'll get a better response maybe without the names. So um, anyway, good 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 pick. I'm hoping Giolito keeps it going. Uh, 
Zim, who is your pick to click heading into this week? This is a tough one this week, man. It shouldn't be, but it is only because I'm just so indecisive. Um, you know, last week I mentioned Yaz, but he's actually not seeing the ball as well as I thought he was. Um, so I'm definitely staying away from him. That much I can guarantee. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, I, part of my gut wants to go with Adam Hazley. I don't know why. Just, just someone's telling me, like, get gutsy about it. Um, didn't you win with Leary last year? Yeah, he, no, yeah. no, he 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 picked him and he did horrible, and then the next week he went off. That's yeah. <laughs> I was a week off on my guess on Larry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do I do it, guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll go to the trusty old flip a coin. Leave it up oh, to wait. Siri. Come on. It's heads. it's heads. We're going Adam Hazley. <laughs> All right. Well, Why not, certainly... man? What do I have to lose? My pride? Guys, I got news for you. That's long gone. <laughs> Look at you, man. Look at you. I publicly I like admit it. to rooting for a White Sox team that does this on a regular basis. Hey man, I like it. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. I mean, he was dynamite. He basically won us that game last Sunday by himself. Right. He's making the most out of his opportunity. Let him let him rake. Uh, and I feel That's a good juju fair. coming from you, Zim. So let's go with it. Uh, I'm going to go with Tim Anderson. He's got his, a full week under his belt now. Uh, I feel like he's going to bounce back in a big way. Hoping TA has a good week. So I'm going to go with TA. And because I picked him, that means he'll probably break his leg tomorrow. But uh, I hope I'm wrong. So recap for everybody, uh, Vinny went with Lucas Giolito. Zim went with Adam Hazley. Uh, Nick is going with Luis Robert, riding the hot hand, and I'm going with Tim Anderson. We'll find out next week who wins, baby. It's going to be interesting. Before we get into the guaranteed take, um, just curious, Vin or Zim, if you guys had anything else you wanted to talk about. No, I think – go ahead, Zim. Do we have the right to override the Twitter poll? Because it's just so egregiously inaccurate this week. I I, I mean, said we, Zim, we can. I was the beneficiary of it, and I'm saying it. I mean, all right, let's do it then. It, so it's is is it is it truly going to be like Twitter decides, or is it like Twitter is our guiding light through all prevailing? forces okay i think moving forward i'll I'll just post the guys that were good and not include the guys that were terrible if if andrew vaughn had a good week and eloy had a great week i'd be okay with taking the win eloy had a great week and vaughn had a poo week people are just salty right now because i mean Eloy being out again does leave a bad taste in your mouth, no matter how it happens. Like if this had happened to, I don't know if this had happened to Dylan Cease, I don't think anybody would be upset about it. If this had happened to Luis Robert, I think it'd be a little 50 50 because of his injury history, because it happened to a guy who hasn't been healthy since his rookie season. People are just like, fed up with oh great he's injured again who cares what happened to him yeah i know it's a valid point and and I, i'll i'll take the win 
with uh with Eloy. So I mean, if the stands the sta- standings are updated now, I have two wins. Our guests have won. Zim has won, and Vinny has won. Um, and, I, and it's funny because I didn't even technically. So our guest, I picked Tim Anderson last week, and then I reached out to Lamont Pope, who was our guest. I forgot to ask him on air, and he goes, I'll take Tim. So by default, I went with Eloy. Um, so I don't feel like I really earned it, but, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, I could have taken anybody else. So I'll, I'll take it. Why not? <laughs> All right. But we well, always try to – Thank ahead. everybody. I mean, your your mic just kind of did like this weird shush thing as you were talking. It was weird. I heard that too. That was really weird. I think I think I'm having some weird interference between my headphones and my microphone tonight. I will change my setup for next time. But at any it's rate, thank you everybody for listening to our kangaroo court through this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. We, we- Somehow, some way, we have to find a good way to do this. Last year, it felt like it was a little too authoritarian. This year, it feels like democracy has failed a little bit here. So, yeah, but well, it's the opposite of last year because last year the winner always picked Dylan Cease because he was so good all year, and then they won every single week. So, we're trying to change that up a little bit. But uh, we like to end the show with a uh, a debate yeah. of sorts in in a segment that we like to call the guaranteed take. So I figured I'd throw it out there. There's been a lot of reports flying around this week from, you know, John Heyman and other White Sox sources saying that the White Sox plan on trading Giolito and getting rid of him. And uh, my guaranteed take is that trading Lucas Giolito is a bad idea. So Nick, as our guest, we'll let you start first. Curious your thoughts about it in a division that's terrible with a pitcher that's looking a lot better than he has. I mean, if he keeps if he keeps the the rate that he's going now, like Benny was saying a little earlier, he's starting to kind of look like the pitcher that you know you really wanted to have uh, with uh, on the staff. I think you know you get to the trade deadline, and the season continues to go badly. Like you know, you're not you know this hot streak just becomes something else uh, down the line. Uh, maybe you do get something for him at the deadline. Maybe you know he's a hot commodity, but you know, if the team gets hot. And you, you know, maybe you win the, when you win the central, and then you get to the postseason. You're going to want Giolito uh, on, on the staff, getting getting those wins for you. So he definitely is a valuable piece. Um, I just think it's a matter of the negotiations because I think the White Sox they had some negotiations with Giolito, if I remember correctly, but it didn't go too well. Um, he asked for more money and didn't get it, or something like that. So maybe he, you know, maybe that's kind of the reason why he's pitching better this year. Maybe he trying to prove the socks to, to Pam. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that all goes. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and Vinny, I know Lucas changed his body in the off season. He went back to being more lanky. I know last year he put on a lot of weight, like muscle weight. Um, just curious from your thoughts, if it, you think that's one of the main factors behind this and piggyback off that, what you're hearing about the whole trade scenario. Yes. So as far as the weight thing, he talked about it on various podcasts. I heard him say it on starting nine or not starting nine. It might have been uh, baseball is dead. It's one of the popular podcasts, baseball podcasts. I heard him say it on the White Sox talk podcast with Garfine. I mean, he's talked about losing the weight all summer and he's or all winter. And, you know, it affected the way that he, you know, 
goes about his mechanics and it affected the changeup. And the changeup is one of the best pitches in the league. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see how that kind of thing on weight, if it's muscle, wouldn't hurt a player. But when it comes to pitching, mechanics the most important thing. So um, I'm happy to see that whatever he did the- – him back on track to where he was. As far as the trade, uh, Zim and Joe know. I have, I don't have as close contact with Robert Murray. I mean, he still works for Fanside. I just had a long time because the White Sox haven't been on the trade market. But um, I'm, if Bob Nightingale says something, take it with a grain of salt, unless it's about the White Sox. And you know that's kind of where I'm at right now. He said the White Sox don't plan on bringing him back. And- the trade deadline, he'll be gone. Um, I'm kind of believing it at this point. For an audition to be traded to a championship caliber team, so good return. Yeah, yeah I mean, at this point, you know, this the season, it just, I guess it depends on how things go, right? I mean, if they completely fall out of it, I definitely think Giolito's gone, but it gets really interesting if you're like four and a half to five games out at the break, right? I mean, I don't, I don't even know how you even handle that at this point. But Zim, have you seen enough out of? It depends Lucas? on teams they have to climb. Yeah, that's true. It also depends on what teams you have to climb. Um, but Zim, I was just saying, you know, what do you have to see out of Giolito to like be the White Sox and like keep keep him? He's got to be a Cy Young candidate to keep him at this point in his career. He's given you everything he's got, and it hasn't been enough. Um, granted, you don't have anything much behind him. That's where the biggest hookup comes in in this whole thing. If I'm the White Sox, it all depends on the return I can get for him. If if the Sox are competing and Hazley's not cutting it and Colas isn't cutting it and Sheets is determined that he's not going to be the solution in the outfield... And Brian Reynolds is still saying, I don't want to play for Pittsburgh anymore. As he's already been saying for several months. Well, he got, he just got locked down. They just locked him down for like nine years or something with crazy money. That's great. He could still up and say he doesn't want to play there. He could still say, I got my money. Now I want to go where I'm going to earn it. I get that he might not be as available as he was, but I don't think it's impossible that he, uh, I don't think it's impossible for him to get traded other guys that are out there. I mean, there's the most popular one, of course, Shohei Otani. If you want to throw together some kind of deal to try to, to try to land him. Look, if, if Giolito's still going off, you package in Luis Robert and Yohan Moncada, all of a sudden that's a really attractive trade package that I don't think the White Sox would miss too much if you're getting back a player of that caliber. Now, you'd probably have to throw in, you know, draft compensation of some kind. You'd probably have to throw in prospects of some kind. You'd probably have to throw in international signing pool money. I mean, the Angels would make out with a King's ransom in the whole ordeal. But if you took three players like that and built a deal around them in exchange for one of the top players in the game, knowing that you could work out an extension for him, granted, it's Rick Hahn. It's not going to happen, but it's fun to think about. 
<laughs> it, it is fun to think about. And, and, and Nick, I saw you posted on Twitter one of your this, the story last week about, you know, sell the team, Jerry, and, and all the shenanigans going on with Jerry Reinsdorf in the front office. And just curious, Zim brought up Otani. Is Jerry Reinsdorf the kind of guy that would blow the house money on Shohei Otani? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, maybe because, I mean, he's still kind of in his prime. I mean, we're not talking about – we mentioned Ken Griffey Jr. earlier, but we got him, you know, at the end of the – very end of his career. So right. you're, you're talking about you know, a, a generational talent who's in the prime of their career. So it is possible. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, ha- having to draft Michael Jordan or anything like that, you know. Right. But, it's uh, but I, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, it would obviously. I mean, who doesn't want Otani? I mean, it doesn't matter right. what team it is, but you know, who, who would want him? It'll put some butts in the seats. I know that's ultimately exactly. at the end of the, end of the day. That's what Jerry. No, I mean, even though even though the Otani and Charter on the Angels are still not getting fans come to their games. So. Yeah, and you know the the Otani effect people don't talk about is you get a lot of you'll get a lot of tourists coming to see him you will get a lot of asian americans coming to see him and what a lot of people don't know about white Sox and, and guaranteed rate field is it's about a mile and a half away from chicago's chinatown so like that's yeah. another thing you have to factor into it yeah um, one I red think line you, stop away. that's right you're one red line stop away Sox yeah. 35th is if you go a little bit further one stop uh one stop north is Cermak chinatown so yeah, Jerry's got to think about it. I think if he's being smart, I mean, it's something you consider, but I know the Dodgers are going to try really hard to get him. And the Yankees, too, probably. Everybody and their mom no. wants him. And, and meanwhile, the Angels are three games over 500 at right now. On a less sexy name, a team that's always going after pitchers that fills a position in need for the White Sox. What do you do if New York's on the other end of that phone and they say, we're not re-signing Glaber Torres. We've done everything we're going to do with him. He's playing out this contract for us and he's gone. Giolito's playing out that contract for you and he's gone. Let's, let's find a way to make a deal. That deal starts making a lot of sense for both sides. Granted, the Yankees pitching is significantly better than the Sox right now, but they've always, they've historically always gone after pitchers at that deadline. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of a match where it could happen. Yeah. Uh, um, well, the Yankees are not good right now either. So they're definitely going to be on the, right. They're not going to win that division. They would really need to have a really strong May and June to even contend. That division's just ridiculous. That's just it. But I mean, if you're white, Giolito, would you be mad about getting title. traded to the premier team in all of baseball? Like you'd be doing right by Giolito as well as filling a need on your roster. Yeah, that's fair. And Vinny, you broke up a little. You were talking, but what were you saying? Um, I said closer to a playoff or to a division title right now than the Yankees. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which is a very valid point. And I'm going to bring up one more name here, guys. Charlie Blackman would fill a oh, hole no. in right field. No, 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 thank you. I'm I thought we were done with hard. days like this. 
I thought we were done no, with we're, comments like that. We're not. We're not signing. We're not going to get Charlie Blackman. Uh, I will not allow it. I'll tell Jerry myself. But the Glaber Torres thing is is something that they wish they would have done in the off season. I don't disrespect. I don't disrespect or dislike Elvis Andrews, but Torres just hit a home run like, like literally about forty five minutes ago. So um, he'd, yeah, he'd be great. He'd be great here. He would but. be a really, really good. I mean, potentially even long term solution at that position if the Sox wanted to. It's surprising they didn't go after him in free agency, but maybe they would feel like if they got him in a trade and brought him into the clubhouse that they could convince him to sign for cheaper. Well, and he's 26 right now. He's going to be 27 next year. And isn't that what they consider prime in baseball? 27. It is. The problem with that is a lot of those guys in that age range are looking for these eight to 10 year deals. And I don't see the White Sox giving that kind of deal to anybody, let alone somebody who's going to be almost 40 by the time that deal expires. Well, if this team finishes poorly, Jerry's going to have to figure out a way to get some butts in the seats. So it's either Otani or Torres or both. I think those are two big names that we're going to be hearing about in July. They will be at the table. All right. We can all agree on that. Oh, I'm sick of hearing (laughs) that. Nick, as a Sox fan, is that something that uh, not just as a reporter, but as a fan, the whole at the table thing with Jerry, it's got to drive you nuts, right? Oh yeah, every time, every time. And but and then, yeah, it's, and then, but then you get, but then there's a you, you know these there's been all these great signings like that look great on paper, then never pan out. Like, I mean, I don't want to bring up Adam Dunn, but I will bring up Adam Dunn. It's like, yeah, like Adam everybody, was, every every yeah, everybody was so excited and everyone was like very hype about him coming in, and then nothing happened. So I just hope that, like, for one of those guys, if they come in, like an Otani or a Torres, as good as they are, that just putting that White Sox jersey on doesn't do anything to their career badly. Yeah. Adam Dodd, Adam LaRoche. We've had a lot of bad Adams over yes. the years. Right, so let's avoid Adam LaRoche's Adam. son. Just, just avoid yeah. Adams. Zim picked an Adam this week for his pick-to-click, so. Sorry. You just we hey, just cursed you, Zim. Sorry. Adam Angle wasn't so bad for like the first two thirds of his career. He was great. Yeah. And Adam Eaton was very good the first time around. Yes. Not the second though. The second. No, no, no. I, hey, I I put stress on saying the first time. You were oh yeah. The first time around, he helped get Lucas Giolito here. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And Reynaldo Lopez oh, and no. Lance Lynn. They did they pretty traded. good in that trade. That's true, because yeah. Dane Dunning turned into Lance Lynn. Yeah. Yep. That's that's awesome, boys. But uh, we've talked a lot of baseball tonight. We've talked about all kinds of different things. And, you know, Nick, we can't thank you enough for hanging out with us for the whole show. I really, really appreciate it. I love talking baseball with you. Uh, before we let you go, just figured we'd let you talk a little bit about, you know, your, your day job and uh, covering sports and kind of like what you got going on in your life. Oh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah, like I said, um, this is my second job uh, in the industry. I started out uh, in Fargo, North Dakota, of all places, kind of a random place to start, but everybody starts somewhere. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Quad Cities, it's, you know, it's only two and a half hours from, from home for me. So, it, you know, it feels like home in that, in that way. And, uh, you know, everybody's, you know, Sox fans, Cubs fans, Bears fans, you know, everyone's Chicago, Chicago sports fans. So, it, you kind of feel like home in that way too. So it just is 
uh, as far as that goes. It's like, you know, it's like talking about teams I grew up watching. So not, nothing hard about that. Uh, it's right. pretty easy uh, other than just covering the local stuff, like the high schools and uh, University of Iowa. Like I said, it's, a little bit, it's like an hour away. So that's a big, big coverage area as well. So just kind of an all around uh, area. And uh, usually I'm, uh, I'm on air on the weekends. I'm the weekend anchor. So I'll, uh, you know, give the, give the Sox some love when I can show the show their highlights and uh, their stories as well and all that. So, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good times right now. That's, that's awesome, man. We, well, again, we can't thank you enough for, for coming on. Uh, make sure you give Nick a follow on Twitter at NCUZ, N-C-O-U-Z. And uh, Nick, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you throughout the course of the season on Twitter and interacting. You always, you always interact with us on Twitter and social media, so we always appreciate that. And uh, most of all, we're hoping that we'll talk again later in the season and maybe have you on when these guys are you know, making that push and if we're talking about the playoffs maybe. Uh, it's not a great division, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just true. The Hale Central is the worst division in all of baseball, so. Uh, so much to look forward to but uh if you guys if you guys don't follow nick give him a follow and uh, you can get some great sports coverage for him from him for the rest of the year nick we wish you nothing but luck and uh, thank you so much for your time uh these socks gotta do something not tonight but maybe tomorrow (laughs) yeah tomorrow's a new day tomorrow is a new day that's for sure but uh nick cousin everyone nick thank you so much and we will talk to you again later on this year Awesome. Thanks, guys, for having me. All right. Have a great night. Thank you, man. Thank you, Nick. Nick Cousin, everybody. Great, great, great guy. Uh, Great supporter of the show and just all around cool dude. So give him a follow on social media. Uh, Check out some of his stuff online. And he's a great account to follow. He covers all sports and White Sox and you name it. So uh, make sure you guys do that. But, but guys, we've reached the the shout out portion of the show before we get out of here. But I should I say before shout outs, Vinny, if you have anything, or Zim, if you have anything non baseball related you want to talk about. We talked hockey already. Yeah, uh, head scratch. Just the playoffs are going strong. Blackhawks win the lottery. They, uh, yeah. talent. So hopefully, all the local folks that like hockey are excited because it's a great time it's exciting it is and uh i'm I'm looking forward to it as well because the blackhawks definitely needed something to talk about yeah well not just talk about but something to put some butts in the seats because they were really struggling to sell tickets towards the last half of the season it was so exciting when they got seth jones and then like you kind of realize like oh they don't have anything around him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's how I was like from a guy who didn't really keep up with hockey very much. I was like, Seth Jones, I know that name. Like that's a really good defenseman. Like this, this could be a turning point for this team. And then I looked at the rest of the roster and I was like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah. And like, it's, it's crazy. You're, you're, and they, they, they added Seth Jones though. And looking back, I think to myself, I wonder what, what, had the whole Kyle Beach thing not happened because they started 0-9 and mm-hmm. came out and it was on the bleds. All the players had to talk about and, you know, it was just uh, everybody. But looking back, they did have Taves, Kane, Brandon Hagel, who's been sick with the like yep. Efforty, Seth Jones, Tyler Johnson, Alex Debrinkit. Um, You know, what could have been had that whole thing not happened and made them start 0-9? 
now they have something to actually build around. Well, you know, and this and the Blackhawks, we all knew that they did it when they did it, but it really sucked to see the way that they got hamstrung with the contracts of Taves and Kane because they, they had to pay those guys. You can't not pay those guys that, that they would have been run out of town if they hadn't taken care of those two. They literally, the two of them with a little help from Mary and Hosa and, uh, and Corey Crawford brought three titles to Chicago. Uh, so you had to take care of them in some way, shape or form, but then just to see, so many promising young players come through Chicago and have to be let go over these years. You know, our, our uh, Panarin's one of the big ones that comes to mind. Uh Cat is another one that wound up in that category. Um, who's the defenseman? Jalmerson wound up in that category at a certain point. Um there was another defenseman that I can't think of off the top of my head. Another single digit guy. Um, I think oh. so, but just, you know, we saw, Oh, and then who's, who's the other guy, the guy who actually came up and played um, before Panarin, but you guys know who I'm talking about. Just, just, there's so many of these guys. You can't even remember and count them all. And they're all still in the league being, are you talking about the defense? No, it was another forward. It was um, he, he was one of the European guys that they compared to Kane, and he came out and played with Kane for like two years before they had to get rid of him. Um, there was uh, Ku- there was uh, There was it, it was Tavo Teravainen. Teravainen, yeah, he's yeah. sick. He's a great yeah. player for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yep, yep, and and that's the other thing. Look at all these guys now that that the. Blackhawks had and and had to let go through this dynasty that they built. They're all still not just productive, but how many of them are in the playoffs right now? It's a decent number. It's Mm -hmm. not a negligible number. We can at least say that much. And this is from somebody who doesn't really follow hockey anymore. I stopped following after 2018 um, when it became apparent that the Blackhawks were no longer relevant. Um. So yeah, it's just it's exciting. It's it's fun to see uh people being excited about the Blackhawks again and you know, it's estimated that they're go- that they've sold in uh in the first what is it? It's been about 2 hours since he's since not since he's been drafted, but since they've won the lottery. It's been estimated that nearly 2 million season tickets have been sold in the last 2 hours. Wow. Yeah, people are excited. The, they're, they're busy at the United Center. They had a busy weekend over there. I I was there myself on Saturday. I saw Blink One Eighty Two. They were freaking unbelievable, man. And you know they had two nights of that Saturday and Sunday. And then today they they're selling tickets left and right because they got the first pick in the draft. Uh, just crazy times here in Chicago. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have anything else I particularly want to talk about other than the Blink concert was awesome. So. Uh, I posted a clip on Twitter for anyone, any of our listeners that are or viewers that are Blink fans. I posted feeling this and then some banter between Mark and Tom and some classic stuff. So go check that out. It's on my Twitter at Joe Mandel, about a five minute clip. Good stuff. As, so, um, as that album comes out later this summer, I'm sure that we will give a brief analysis and review here on the show at some point. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, 
I'm a diehard Blink fan. Zim is a fan as well. And I know Vinny also likes Blink as well. Uh, spoiler for all of our all of our listeners. They're, le- they're launching a new song. The single drops on June 2nd called More Than You'll Ever Know. And I'm assuming on that day, they'll also announce when the new album comes out. So I live in the Blink-182 Reddit in my free time. So, <laughs> you know, I pick up all these things. But it was fun. Uh, Vinny, real quick before we get the shout outs, how, how's playoff hockey going, man? How's your Devils had a nice, you, a nice comeback win yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was? Yeah, so they, they've been outstanding. I know they lost the first two games of the series, but there's a clear home ice advantage in the series because of matchups. And Carolina Hurricanes have a player that you guys have guaranteed heard of before, uh, Jordan Stahl. And his older brother Mark are also in the NHL. Um, they standing two way game, and he's at home in Carolina. He shut down Jack in an incredible way, and then they get back to New Jersey when you have the line advantage. Jack Hughes didn't have to play on the same ice as George Stahl a single time, and he had four points. Next game, thinking that the Devils should be able to use the matchups to their advantage again, and series up and if they do that anything could happen when it becomes a best of three and then you know Edmonton that's an outstanding series the Dallas Stars who might be the deepest team are down two to one to the second year Seattle Kraken and then the Toronto Maple Leafs Leafs do they finally win a playoff series for the first time since 2004 and now they're down in the series to the care or to the Florida Panthers who were the last team to yeah, out of any of the sixteen teams, and then they upset the Boston Bruins in the first round. It's crazy. It's absolute madness. So I highly recommend people you come in the bar down talking hockey and watch it every Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, for sure, man. That's great stuff. And of course, you have Crosstown Crosstalk as well on Thursday Thursdays, right? And yep, Thursdays. You know, I was supposed to try to come out with you last week. I couldn't swing it, but um, hopefully in the near future, I'll get to come on that show again. Um, Absolutely. But we got, we Guys, finally made it. Go ahead, Zim. What? Anybody who's listening and not watching live, just do not go watch the replay from the White Sox game tonight with two outs in the bottom of the eighth. Oh, that was painful. I. Uh, I just stopped refreshing and looking. Uh, I turned off my notifications because I know it's a bloodbath, but oh yeah, that's bad. That's it's, it's, it's not even the score. It was just the play that just happened was I I'm, I don't care how good he is. I'm all aboard trading Luis Robert at this point. Oh no. What happened? You know, you have to tell me routine fly ball just off the side of his glove. The guy's, he's not mentally there. Well, I guess when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's really bad. Um, Look, he's been compared to Mike Trout for so many years. I say just straight up, you know, Robert for Trout. (laughs) (sighs) Well, then they won't have Otani or Trout, so I don't know. (laughs) That might not work out for them. (laughs) I think Sox can get them both. 
Look, all yeah. I'm saying is that Switch if the White teams. Sox, if the White Sox could manage to get the two best players in all of baseball, they would have to win, right? No team could possibly have the two best players in the entire game and not be good, right? Yeah, definitely not the Angels. That's for sure. The last. <laughs> Ugh, that's horrifying, but that's always it's always fun. Uh, <laughs> all right, we finally got the shit. At any point in time, no matter how bad the Sox are, we can say, well, yeah, at least they don't have the two best players in the game with that record, though. At least they're, like, fun to watch. That's how I would look at it if I were freaking Anaheim. Well, they're still they're yep. about 500. It's more than we can say. Well, you know, yeah. for now. For now. But Anaheim came in second in the Connor Bedard and Sidney Crosby draft lotteries. Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah. That's rough. <laughs> that's like it's like borderline cry if you're like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. How sad can you be? You live walking distance from Disneyland. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised, Jim. I know. Some some Disney adults are real I mean, I have no problem with Disney adults, but there's some of them that that's it's all they live and breathe. Ah, no disrespect to anybody, but no, I, I totally get it. It's not for me. Uh, so, so I'm kind of standing by you, but I get that. You know, everybody's got their thing. That's right. But then again, I have a bunch of star Wars crap behind me, so I've got no room to talk. I, I literally wore a man. I have, helmet on. you have what? Then? I have books, star Wars books that I'm going to read the, I'm not of, above making fun of other nerds. Which ones you got there? Um, these are books that are going to. It, I forget this guy's name. He's apparently the villain in Rebels. And this yeah, book, these books will apparently help get me ready. Yeah, these books will apparently Wait, help me get ready to, for the next you got, TV okay, show. Okay, you got Heir to the I'm Empire so there. Right? You have Heir to the Empire? Yeah, it's called the Thrawn Trilogy. Yes. Uh oh, Joe's go, about man. to. Joe's about. To... Oh yeah, hell yeah! Did you read it? Wait. Yes, I did. I've had it a long time. It gets better. Very nice. Oh, whose signature are we talking? That's the author. It's Timothy's the author. Oh, cool! That's really cool. Hey, quick question for oh, you, Star no, Wars. I can't wait to read it now that I know Mr. Joe. Question yeah, for you, That was the Star 20th Wars. anniversary edition. It's What's been your question? That. Disney Junior just announced, or Disney Plus just announced Young Jedi Adventures. Joe, I'm sure mm-hmm. that you will have your daughter watching it. Um, yeah, probably at some point. Do you think that the series finale will be a crossover with episode three? <laughs> no. <laughs> They will not be Jedi. Hey, why? That would be a really terrible way to end a kid's show. That's like that's like an intrusive validated, in my opinion. (laughs) Just all I'm saying is if if they start like season seven and all of a sudden they're like, that's Master Anakin, it's like, all right, we know where this is going. We just end the show now. This brings me back to that scene in, in Revenge of the Sith. Master Skywalker, what do we do? Or whatever the line is. 
32 minutes. What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. What are we going to do? Um, I, I just, I love the meme. Do you guys ever see the meme of Anakin laying in the field and it's like, I'm killing some younglings and he's got a bunch of the bottles of youngling beer laying next to him? <laughs> That's great. That's a classic. That is awesome. really funny. That's funny. I can kill some younglings, man, on a, on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. And I hate sand. Oh, man. We're going right off the rails. It's the end of the show. Why not? The end of the show always yeah. goes off the rails, guys. That's the funniest. Is like I can see all our live viewers, and this is the most viewers we've had all night now <laughs> like for, for us just messing around. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. That is what it is. Oh, someone commented in the chat. Let's see. What do we got? Where'd my mouse go? Empire will strike back. Agreed. It always does, doesn't it? It always finds a way. But then you like, like those books. Okay. Hell yeah. The best Listeners Star Wars books viewers, ever, in my opinion. This is what you get when the White Sox perform like they are right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we talk about Star Wars. But side note, Vinny, about those books is technically they fall under Legends, which means it's not canon officially under Disney. But they took all the info about that character and they used him in, in Rebels and all that. And I'm sure they might they might pick some of this story from those three books and make some of that canon yep. in the Ahsoka show. Almost oh, yeah. certainly, considering what lord of the rings did when they went back and made the hobbit movies you know how they took a lot of that lore from um the book of unfinished tales the samarillion things like that built it into being more or less canonical sure yeah so i'm, I'm excited for that screen screenwriters today if you give them material they'll figure out a way to put it in there yep well, they won't right now because they're on strike oh, yeah on strike again great yeah i saw that all the late night shows are reruns right now, like Jimmy Fallon and um, oh, SNL. Even, yeah, SNL. I can't even name any of the other late night shows. Conan O'Brien, he's still got a show. He does not. Writers right now. So I'm working I on a new show on HBO Max. Oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll see what he's coming up with, but. Hopefully they can figure something out soon because a bunch of movies and stuff are getting put on hold. And although there's plenty of shows to binge out there right now, did you watch oh, yeah. the finale of The Mandalorian, Vinny? Did you watch it yet? You know that is the only episode I have not seen yet. Is the finale? I have not gotten around to it, dude. I know I got to do it. It's honestly, it's one of those things. Like I was, I watched every one per this night. It came out perfectly, no problem this season. And then that one week was crazy. And then I was in Wisconsin over this last weekend and. Yeah, I will watch it. Maybe I'll do that tonight. Yeah, I mean, now it's at the front I'm, of my brain. Thanks, Joe. How have you not got it spoiled spoiled for you yet? I haven't. I know nothing. That's amazing. And I think I'm far enough removed now, though, where it's not on Twitter all day. That's, That's true. Yeah, I made a point to watch the finale like at seven in the morning because I just <laughs> couldn't have it spoiled for me on TikTok or on Twitter or something. Yep. That, that's Get smart. That. But uh, I'm in jonesing for some Star Wars content. You know, I need some of that. Uh, Ahsoka can't come soon enough. I might just start reading Heir to the Empire again tonight, Vin. You got me excited about it. 
Hell yeah, I'll start it tonight too. It's dude, it's it's amazing stuff. So you're gonna like it. It's good, good choice. Good choice. Chef's kiss. Um, but anyway, now we can finally do shout outs before we get out of here. We talked Star Wars, we talked hockey, you know, the whole shebang. Uh Zim will let you get started, buddy, with some shout outs. And the socks officially yeah. lose, by the way. Socks officially lose. Shout out to them for never failing to disappoint us. Every Monday night. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny because nights that they're not playing, our viewership goes up, our live viewership goes up. And it's like, wouldn't you guys rather hang out with us and enjoy this debauchery than just be disappointed in those? I like that logic. Guys, at least we have fun while we do it. I can't even say that the White Sox do have fun while they do it right now, but nonetheless, uh, shout out to my local stores, my local various, whatever shops that I go to video game store, restaurants, uh, card shops, everything of that nature. Um, they've all been super awesome. The people there, um, are always super helpful. They hooked me up recently with red dead redemption on the, xbox 360 classic game never actually played through it i already bought the second one so i was like you know what i gotta give it a shot um the first one's probably my favorite of all time yeah well that's the second one i mean technically i'm really looking forward to playing it it is yeah i know Uh, i'm really looking forward to playing it um you know local local card shop those guys have been super cool with me lately um i actually just want a drawing from them and it turned into some really cool stuff. But more than anything, you know, Cody and Sean, the guys who work there, have been really like almost friends to me through everything. You know, I, I went in today to pick up some stuff. They asked me um, about the wedding and everything. They're genuine guys. They, they care about me. If you guys are interested in um, buying cards or looking into anything, it's Cheek and Dom's Awesome Card Shop or uh, Master Breakers LTD on eBay. Um, if you're interested in, you know, just joining a community of people who uh, are not just interested in buying and selling and collecting cards, uh, that sports card in particular, they don't really do Pokemon, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, anything like that, but sports cards, um, genuine people who get to know each other on a human to human level and not just on a money level you know it's not just 60 bucks no i'll give you 50 we meet at 55 it's like they work with they they, they want to know how your day is going they want to know what's going on with you and i know i'm rambling but just oh, i man. think i think it goes to show the impact that it can make on a person when a local business takes that kind of time to get to know their customers and build that community Dude, rather absolutely. than a customer base you know it's Why not a shout customer. out the name of the shop zim like I said, it's it's Cheek and Dom's awesome card shop. If you're in the Denver area, if you um, if you are interested in purchasing anything online from them, they have a website. You can also find them on Facebook groups, Master Breakers LTD, or eBay Master Breakers LTD. Um, again, just super awesome guys. I think they're really worth the shout out. They are uh, the owners of the shop are Chicago sports fans as well. So nice. Always something to talk to them about. That's super fun. Um, but yeah, in addition to that, you know, again, as usual, shout outs to the family. They've been doing amazing things for me and my family, my kids, my wife, everybody uh, is just 
awesome lately. Everything's been going super well. Can't thank everybody enough for being as great as they are. And, you know, my boss and my coworkers, um, last week I didn't really get the opportunity because it was my first day back from everything. But not only did they handle everything while I was out for my wedding and my honeymoon, but they are just awesome people who are as real as it gets. And if you haven't noticed, that goes a long way with me. It's why I'm here with the two of you every Monday night, because real people who are honest and fun to talk to uh, can always find connections in some way, shape or form, whether it's about our sports teams or our music or our hobbies and interests. There's always something as long oh, as yeah. people are worth talking to. So, dude, I love it, man. It's very poetic and very true. Uh, real quick before we go on to Vin, I just wanted to ask your your guys at the card shop. I mean, they know a thing or two about collecting cards. Maybe they could be people to have on the show one of these days. You know, it would uh, it would definitely I think be worth talking to them about. I uh, I can absolutely reach out and see if they would be interested. Well, because if things continue to go this way, we we might <laughs> not have much good baseball to talk about. We can talk about card That's collecting. Fair. So. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. But yeah, great shout out, Zim, as always. Appreciate it, bud. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Vinny Parisi, what do you got for shout outs, amigo? Yeah. And her parents. Um, they allowed me to bring my to their house in Wisconsin, and we got to go have a little getaway for a couple of days. So that was um, I think my parents enjoyed it, and shout out to them as well for agreeing to you know, I can't thank Katie and her family enough for including us in something like that. And it was a great, you know, get away a little bit, kind of outside of when the devils were playing. I let the noise escape for a little bit. And, you know, now we're fully back in now that it's Monday and it was a great time. And I can't thank them enough. I know I said that like three times, but it's because I genuinely mean it. And, you know, I can't wait till we're able to do it again. I love going there. And it was nice to show my parents where I go every time I go up to Wisconsin. So that was really cool. And then, you know, I'll shout out you guys. You held the fort for me while I was gone last week while the Devils were in game seven of the first round. Um, there's a chance that that happens again on Monday. And, you know, the, the they'll be in game seven again against the Carolina Hurricanes if necessary. I hope for the sake of the show, because you know me, I hate when I miss content and this is a show where i have an opportunity to make content um i try thing and but you know you guys are wonderful and great supporters of me and so you know i i hope the devils just don't lose again that would mean they win on saturday monday yeah, right. but you know it, it, it's gonna be hard to win the series not in now that they're down 2-1 so we'll see what happens um either way I can't thank you guys enough. Appreciate it, Vin. Can't thank you enough. And of course, you're putting out great content on every single sport in the history of the world. So, this is probably the busiest man in, in covering sports and everything. So, yep. Vinny, we, we support you, letting you do your thing. And as we said last week on the show, Zim and I both, you have the opportunity to cover a winning team that's in the playoffs. So, yes, take that 10 it. out of 10 times. Over the summer, I look forward to reading your yeah. uh, JLI content. <laughs> yes. I was wondering what I'm going to like once the Stanley Cup finals over. I don't know. Like, I'll be a one sport athlete again until, you know, preseason starts for football. 
which is like a solid two, two and a half months of just worrying about White Sox content other than like, you know, my daily content that's not hard to write like well, during the day. Like worrying about it at night goes away for two and a half months and I'm going to catch up on my sleep a little bit, I think. Oh, I was going to suggest we could start looking at some some golf or some uh, NASCAR or some, you know, some pickleball, some swimming, maybe uh, pickleballs picking up. I want to play pickleball really more than I want to cover it, though. Yeah, they they have like a whole pickleball league by my house for like adults and everything. So I'm like, I I'm gonna get into it, dude. Over the summer when I'm looking to like pass the time until hockey starts back up again, and you know the White Sox suck, so like I'll just do my recaps and my content with much more ease when they stink. You know, when they win, I'm like I gotta be locked in. But you know we'll be writing trade articles like three trade packages for Liam Hendricks just so freaking these <laughs> a-holes on White Sox Twitter that think I'm like doing anything other than trying to drive conversation take me seriously yeah. and they come at my family and dies like okay dude what that happened <laughs> that happens all the time <laughs> what one of my You're one of my guys yeah one of my one of my co-hosts on my Let's Go Devil show, had some pretty nasty things said about him the last couple of days. Like that involve, yeah, it's it bad sometimes That's when people horrible, disagree. Man. When people disagree with you about sports, they act as if you physically hurt them, like you punch them in the face, and they want to end you. Jeez, we That's don't really have bad. that problem here on the Barroom Network, though. The, the worst we get Not. is a guy like Don Burr who just wishes bad things to happen to anything Chicago. Don Burr is the biggest Chicago Bears supporter I've ever met in my life. That guy <laughs> live on every single Chicago Bears podcast I hop into. The guy shows out with his support for the Chicago Bears. Good on oh, I feel validated that Zim said that, you know, every now and then you need some validation <laughs> from someone other than like your girlfriend or your mom or your brother. Zim just gave that to me. I appreciated that. <laughs> Dude, it feels good. <laughs> uh, that's funny, man. But uh, obviously great shout outs. Um, before I get to my shot, I just really want to touch on some weird sports news that came up today. You're talking about football. Apparently the schedule for the NFL is supposed to come out on Thursday, but the NFL is not ready with it. I'm just blown away by that. So I'm sure maybe they'll pull it together last minute, but there was really surprising. Uh, there was uh, some information that came out today that said the chiefs requested not to play the bears in Germany this year, uh, which threw a little bit of a hitch in some of their plans from what I understand. I don't get why. Because of the amount of tourism and money that flows into cities when the Chicago Bears play there. Or Chicago yeah. Bears fans travel. Okay. That that makes sense. I didn't even think I was like I, I couldn't understand why Zim and you just painted a picture in my head that makes total sense yeah. and I agree with. I was like, wouldn't you want to in Germany? That I would want to. Yeah. No, I mean so like it's not that it's more so that the local economy needs certain things. You know, think about fan bases that travel and football in particular. It's like the giants, the bears, the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Packers. You don't want to lose home games to those teams because that's just generating revenue for your economy. Interesting. So. 
And I know Nashville. And your Super Bowl winning team, too. Yes. 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 And Nashville has become like the hot city in America lately. Mm-hmm. But people are starting to catch on. The secret's out a little bit more. Yeah. Kansas City is low-key becoming one of those towns now. People want to go sure visit is. Kansas City. for Like it's becoming a bachelorette destination or a bachelor party destination. Hearing multiple people having destinations there, like people are going there for the barbecue. So I got, you know, maybe Kansas City, they, they're like, hey, let's keep this train rolling. We need Chicago rolling in. Yep. Yeah. So keep it tuned in. We'll see if they unveil the schedule Thursday or not, because I'm, I already bought Sunday tickets. So I'm, I'm already invested. So um, as a YouTube TV subscriber, I already got a discount and I bought it a year, like crazy early to get like another $100 off. So, I'll be watching all the games this year. I'm excited about that. But nonetheless, more football news to come on Thursday. Uh, Getting to my shout-outs, I'll always do a shout-out to my beautiful wife, Catherine. Um, Always my whole world. and Love you very much. Our daughter, Audrey, who is now walking and running all over the place. Uh, It's literally just joy just watching her. We got a water table for her. She got a water table for her birthday back in January. We put it outside yesterday. It was a nice day here. Just had the time of her life playing with this water table and splashing and running around our backyard with shoes on. It's just stuff, all moments I'll I'll never forget in my whole life. So uh, love her very much. And our great Dane Maverick, who is a nutcase, but he is just the greatest dog in the world. Of course, I want to shout out both of you guys. Sim and Vinny, you guys are my best friends in sports. Um, love talking with you guys. Love being co-hosts with you guys and just the camaraderie we have. And then, of course, we have to shout out our guest, Nick Cousin, tonight. Uh, talking White Sox, great guest. Just spur of the moment thing. I just shot him an invite last week. He's like, I'm off on Mondays. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Let's do this. So make sure you give him a follow at NCuz on Twitter. I uh, can't thank you enough. And last but not least, Aldo Gandia, the man with the plan, the guy who lets us do this every week. Major shout out to Aldo and then everyone else that was in the chat tonight. We really, really appreciate you. And that's all we got for your show. So we're we're going to come in under two hours today, boys. It could have been a little shorter, but we just kind of went off the rails. But that's kind of how things go here. But uh, for the Salzburg – I can't just try this again. Let's try this sound off again. I can't talk. Blah, 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 blah. For the South Burbs Hitmen, I'm Joe Mandel. That's Vinny Parisi. And the top left is Steven Zim Zimmerman. Uh, The Sox didn't win tonight. Perhaps they'll win tomorrow. They're playing the crappy Royals, and we still lost tonight. But at the end of the day, it's always the same thing. Let's go, White Sox. Let's win some games. And we'll see you back here next Monday night, 8 p.m. Central, only on the Barroom Network. Let's go, White Sox. 